years of Basildon. Incredible changes have happened over 70 years and a brand new book that I've got in my hand right now has got lots of pictures which show Basildon in its formative years or even before uh, the new town was built and to discuss it right now I have uh, several people in the studio with me. Author of Lost Basildon, Lisa Horner, also joined by Tom King, Roy Davis and uh, somebody whose name cropped up, Geraldine Evans, who worked behind a bar at the Barge in the High Street in Vange for more than 40 years. That's a long time. Anyway, welcome all to Gateway 97.8. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Great to have you with us and uh, celebrating 70 years of Basildon. We've just done this with our Memories bus touring around the town to various locations and uh, recording people's memories. And I guess we, we ought to share some of your memories today on the radio for our listeners. So, Lisa, as you're the author of the book, we better start with you okay. and ask you, ask you how the book came into being and why you wanted to write it. Well, I'd written my first book in 2014, um, Basildon Through Time, and um, so they kept contacting me, and I just liked the sound. I liked the sound of Lost Basildon. Um, it appealed to me. What, what, what's in the name, though? Lost Basildon? You know, it's, it's almost like it's disappeared yeah. in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> <laughs> it, what, what has gone and what has changed and... Um, yeah, yeah, I wanted to explore this. I know. guess the kind of Basildon people, some people remember, but perhaps it's disappeared now for anybody new coming in. They're not going to see that those sites that were around at the time. And I guess is that true for you, for the rest of you? If we sort of turn to Geraldine, you managed a pub for, it says here, over more than 40 years. That's a long time. And I do believe you were born in the town too. I was, well, my mother was pregnant here in the town when she moved here. And there was no Basildon Hospital back then. And I was actually born in a hospital in Chelmsford. But my family actually ran the barge for 70 years from 1937 until 2007. Now this part, the barge, I've driven past it a, a, a lot of times. It's on the corner, isn't it, of a roundabout, a little mini roundabout. And it has seen better days, hasn't it? It has now, because for the last four to five years it has been allowed and left derelict. It's very sad, really, because 400 years that building has stood first of all as a private house and then later as a pub and it's going up for auction on Monday with the likelihood that it will be pulled down and turned into a block of flats and that's 400 years of old Vange history lost forever. Isn't that happening all around the town now? If we turn to the two gentlemen, I mean Tom and Roy, you've obviously got memories of Bastard's 70 years. Uh, well, so I'm Tom, I was um, born and raised in Wickford uh, I'm 70 now, uh, and I've, I've I've been a journalist all my working life, um, and I've rather did things in reverse. I started in London by, in Fleet Street, but I sort of moved back to my home patch. So I've seen Basildon developing all through its existence. I can claim to be older than as uh, Geraldine almost is older than the town. Um, uh, and when I was about four, I was taken on a car ride by my mum and dad. They said, we're getting in the car and we're going to see something new. And we were taken around. You remember this very well from when you were four. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 Because after that, I watched Basildon growing around. But they said, uh, and we went around paddocks and green fields and um, ploughed up areas. It was mostly f uh, rather scrappy farm, yeah, farmland. And they said, well, 
where we are where we are now there will be a new town a brand new town and then we continue to visit it um down the years as it developed bit by bit i remember very well going to the first big thing it's the first shops in basildon um they did things rather about face they, they tended to build the houses first and the community oh, there was no where for people to shop uh, well they used to get a, they as i remember they used to take the bus to wickford which is where we lived oh. uh, well a lot of old basildonians have told me that uh, and then so it graduated and then we i remember the town center when it was it first came up i remember the first uh, chinese restaurant where we went and had lunch <laughs> uh, i remember the the, the the cinema the robins um because with we, we, our whole family being uh fanatical film fans so it was quite a good thing that we'd always have to go to south end or brentwood and it was quite a good thing when we actually had one, a, a cinema that was um uh, almost within sight of where we lived um and so yeah i can claim to sort of just watched it um in bits and bobs um developing into a fully fledged town and then i came back in 1988 from london um as a feature writer for the local paper the echo um subsequently chief features writer and i um they've covered local stories ever since i retired three years ago so yeah basil and i very very much was uh, stitched up i have to confess i was actually born in the london hospital um in whitechapel so technically i was um you're an company. import you're an outsider i was imported, <laughs> I was imported into the place uh, two days after birth but it basildon didn't exist then well there's so nothing it, to be ashamed of there i mean i i, I didn't arrive in basildon until 1995 and i've i've learned quite a bit about the town in that time and i've got to say you know it's it's a lovely town i think people do it down quite a lot is that something that you find perhaps we ought to talk to roy as well because you've obviously got some some great memories here um i, I came down with my mum and dad we got a job in the stationery office and we were living at a time in one house two families one toilet no bathroom in north london and no bathroom no bathroom oh what did one do to keep clean the baths <laughs> right public baths public baths yeah. oh yes they were ubiquitous then weren't they Charlie somewhere i believe yeah and dad had the opportunity of coming down with the job and own the house and we jumped at it. We came down prior to moving to have a look around and went in Wimpy in the bus station and we sat in the back of Wimpy. I remember the table we sat at to this day. <laughs> and we came down eventually in August 63. It was the first day of the football season and being an avid Arsenal supporter sorry everyone um, our removal lorry came from Tottenham and once we moved in I said can I get a lift back to London yeah Arsenal lost the game uh, I got off at the London station and I thought where do I live <laughs> so I eventually found my way home that's how we got down here. Well, that's a good story to tell. And how long ago was that? Again, what year are we talking about? 
It's the first day of the season, August 63, so it's something like the 18th of August. 1963 remembers the exact day. Uh, Lisa, these are exactly the kind of people you need to be talking to for your book. Is it that you've been doing? Were. This is what I did. These people all in my book. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and obviously Basildon's changed in this time. And um, I, I see that uh, some of you have brought in some postcards and some photographs of the old town as well. Are these featuring in the book as well, Lisa? Um, no, not these ones in particular but um, Roy did some of his pictures are in the book ones from uh, rooftops uh, he's got some amazing shots um, from the late 90s where he was standing on the roof of Marks and Spencers um, and there's a shot of the Basildon Council building and library at Fodderwick um, and one that, there's another woman who was standing at the ta- on the top of the town gate theatre roof and, uh, and he sort of took a picture of Fodderwick leading to Paggle Mead um, you know, these things are gone now. They're sort of paved over. These are roadways, which are now pavement, aren't they? Um, and also, you've actually got one of the, the old art centre when it was being um, torn down <laughs> as well. Do you know what's great to see, though, in books as well, I think, is it's then and now photographs side by side. Yeah, yeah. Have you done any of those? Because I've only looked through a few pages of the book. And I mean, In my first book, that's what the yes. book was all about. I Because I hadn't, didn't have to do that, haven't really done it as much in this book you know so but no that is um my first book was exactly that and uh, obviously meeting geraldine um who run the, the the pub as well you know that that that's oh. obviously holds holds some great memories for you there yeah, it was fantastic to meet to meet geraldine yes yes <laughs> and, and you know i've got so i've got so much to say about it um, i'm actually writing an article um hopefully it'll be in the essex life magazine um from december about about the barge and about geraldine you know. So there's there's further projects on the way. We'll yeah. chat some more in a few moments. We've just got a break for travel, so we'll do that, and then we'll come back again and chat to you. Lisa Horner, you're the author of Lost Basildon. We've also got journalist Tom King, uh, resident Roy Davis, and uh, former bar lady, bar manager. Pub landlady. Pub landlady, Geraldine Evans. This is Gateway 97.8. <laughs> Drive time with Ross Connors. Reaching for the salt at meal time seems ordinary, even mundane. If you look in your kitchen cabinet, chances are you've got a stash of iodized salt. Most of us don't even think about it anymore. Iodine is an important micronutrient that all of us need. But millions of people all over the world don't know to use iodized salt or can't get it. Iodine deficiency is a major cause of severe learning difficulties in children. In some instances, it can cause a drop in IQ of 10 to 15 points. Yet the solution is simple and inexpensive. Use iodized salt in small amounts and on a regular basis. So when you reach for the salt, read the label. Make sure it's iodized. Help protect future generations so all our children can reach their full potential. And please... Can you pass the salt, please? Yes, yes. Thank you. Pass the iodized salt. For a bargain, perhaps stop off for a light bite. Come to Basildon Market.
market at our market kiosk St. Martin Square with over 40 friendly traders offering a wide variety of goods and services. The best of Basildon in one clean, well-kept place. Open Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturdays for real value. Basildon Market, close by the town's bus and train stations and there's plenty of parking nearby. Visit us at St. Martin Square, your Basildon Market, where everyone loves a bargain. Heading out to those roads once more. I'm looking around. We've got uh, no issues to mention. Traffic build up at Broadmain, though, and Roundacre, the usual uh, traffic that you're likely to see this time of the day. And if you're heading to Basildon Hospital, both directions there on Nevermain and around the Dry Street traffic lights, be prepared for some queues there. Uh, A13 or Sitcock in towards Stanford Lahoe Bypass, that's eastbound A13. You'll find that pretty busy. And on the M25 A282 at the Dartford River crossing kent into essex that's anti-clockwise is busy already with queues already back to the darrenth interchange starting to build on the a127 and particularly at neverton road if you're going towards wickford along to golden jubilee way be prepared for some delays there too both c2c and greater anglia they're offering a good service on all routes keeping you on the move and playing some 60s gold next from the beatles just ahead of our chat with lisa horner and and her friends talking about Lost Basildon. Music, news and information. Gateway 97.8. Right time on Gateway 97.8. Brought to you by Bowers and Pitsy Football Club. Going back in time. Brought to you by Groundwork. Now playing gold. Amazing. 
Queensway 97.8 Basildon and East Ferrex Brighter Sound from the heart of Eastgate. We're looking at the book uh, Lost Basildon, written by Lisa Horner, one of the guests in the studio with me today. I have other guests as well, uh, Geraldine Evans, Tom King and Roy Davis. Now, Tom, you're a journalist. I guess uh, a question I'd like to ask you, politics in Basildon. You're a journalist. Has that changed a lot over 70 years? Yeah, it's become a lot more respectful, a lot quieter, actually. It used to be great fun going to the election nights uh, at Basildon. I mean, I used to do South End as well, and I had done national um, politics as well. Nowhere was as lively as Basildon. I mean, the the catcalling and the... um, uh, the abuse that was thrown, um, because it used to be a very, really, very heavily Labour town. That was all before sort of the birth of Basildon Man and um, uh, the, uh, the, the change to, uh, uh, for a while, to um, a, a Conservative MP. But it was it was predominantly Labour. Labour had all the momentum and Labour had all the lingo as well. Uh, and the, I mean, there was some wonderfully creative um, uh, barracking and. Uh, 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 and and uh, sort of general comments just being offered up on election night. Um, it was not sedate. It was it was sometimes verging on a riot, uh, but boy, it was fun to cover. And that didn't apply to other places. It just they were much more um, uh, respectful and uh, dis- uh, dignified. Um, but. Um, Yes, a policy. I mean, Basel was for a while known as Moscow on Thames. Um, it was so far, far left. Um, it was almost sort of falling off the edge. Uh, and um, the, the sort of climax, it was covered with great scorn by, by um, all the national press, uh, was when a, a, sort of some artificial hills um, uh, made out of the spoil from all the development. Uh, they opened up sort of alongside Crane's Farm Road. Um, they, they no longer look like artificial, they, they just look like natural hills now. And they're, they've always been great for tobogganing when there's snow on the ground. But when they'd just been, they, they were actually launched, the fir- the, after they'd first been sort of consolidated and grassed over, the, um, they, were, they were named the Sharpville Hills um, after the Sharpville Massacre in South Africa. Um, and and there, there were a lot of local names suggested, but it, um, the, the council insisted that uh, in um, uh, in sympathy and empathy with uh, the South African Revolutionary Movement, they should be called the Sharpville Hills. And I still can't think of them as, as anything else but the Sharpville Hills. So yes, it was very volatile, very exciting, very stimulating politics here. Um, and then became the um, the the nineteen seventy nine election, and suddenly the whole world discovered Basildon Man, uh, bec- and and woman, of course. Sorry, <laughs> um, Basildon Man and woman um, as as a political force, but and also as a just a sort of a type that characterised quite a large part of the population. Um, and so you asked me about the, the sort of interest, the political interest in Basildon. Uh, this was this was enormous because um, the. The Thatcher government was basically got in on the back of Basildon Man, as, as he came to be defined. Sometimes also known as sort of Mondeau Man, but this was basically aspirational people, which totally summed up Basildon. Um, it, it, it was people who sort of didn't just want to sort of um, uh, live in council houses and just tow the party line, but they actually wanted to have a home of their own, uh, to 
have a bit of money in the bank, to have a mm -hmm. colour television, have, and all these material things, uh, which the then Labour Party had totally overlooked. Um, uh, they just imagined the great sort of, they imagined everybody really as an Arthur Scargill type miner. <laughs> and, uh, but certainly the, it all switched away from the, the, the sort of archetype of, uh, Labour voter was the, the, the Notting Miner, the um, Glasgow shipbuilder, uh, bashing rivets into a ship, and it suddenly became um, Basildon Man um, saving up to buy his own property for his family. Um, Which was the Thatcher way, wasn't exactly. it? In the 80s. Thatcher recognised it, capitalised it, and came to power, and legend, of course, on the back of Basildon Man. And then from there, we got the, from Basildon Man developed this great, uh, this other great icon, Essex Man. Mm. Who was sort of more of a sort and of Essex girls? And we've got to say with yeah, our so white high heels. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I've even branded, been yeah. branded with that one, and yeah. not even being from the town. But what you say is interesting, and we've seen a shift from Labour now to Conservative in Basildon, so it does swing a bit like a pendulum. When I first came to the town, Angela Smith was the MP here. She's now Lady Basildon in the House of Lords. We've got uh, the boundaries changing as well, South Basildon and East Thurrock, and uh, we've got um, north of the A127, Basildon and Billericay are lumped together as one constituency as well. So that's politics. And uh, very, very interesting we're seeing there. Now, Tom mentioned some of the uh, the workers in Basildon, what they did. We had some industries here in Basildon as well. I remember, wasn't there the Yardley factory? Yeah. Yes, and uh, there were others too. Yeah, there is. Yeah. 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 Very large factories employing perhaps mm. two, 3,000 people. And they've all gone out as you know, Yardley, Ilford, um, and um, yeah, 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 Marconi, yeah. Um, okay. Really, the only force left is the Dunton. Um, the Ford tractors, yes. Uh, yeah. And the the main uh, Ford workforce have now moved there. But these these giant industry production industries have now really disappeared from Basel, as they, indeed they have from much of the country. Gateway 97.8 from the heart of Eastgate, chatting to author Lisa Horner. She's uh, written the book with lots of photo illustrations as well. Lost Basil and also journalist Tom King, resident Roy Davis and uh, bar lady Geraldine Evans. Stay with us. Yes, we've got the news headlines and sport coming up next. We'll continue our discussion in just a few moments time. Half past four on Gateway 97.8. Dry Time with Ross Connors. If you live in Basildon or Brentwood, you have free access to the Sound Doctor films about health. There's advice from international experts. There are more than 250 top quality short films on diabetes, COPD, dementia, back pain and other conditions to help you understand more about them and give you lots of practical tips and advice. Go to livewellcampaign.co.uk and follow the Sound Doctor link. Looking for a great venue, a local function hall for that special occasion? You just found it. The Bowers and Pitsy Sports and Social Club is available for hire. There's a large bar, stage and dance floor. If you have an upcoming wedding, charity event or party, the folks at the Bowers and Pitsy Sports and Social Club will also cater for all your food requirements too. Whatever the occasion, give them a buzz to discuss. 01268 452 068. That's 01268 452 068. The Bowers and Pitsy Sports Sports and Social Club. Local, available, and all-round wonderful. 
Ever wanted to learn how to DJ on turntables, DJs, or controllers, or controllers, or maybe learn how to produce music with an experienced engineer? Well, now you can simply go to www.funky.sx forward slash academy or search Funky Academy on Facebook. Just gone half past four, here's the latest on Gateway 97.8. The President of the Supreme Court, Lady Hale, says she hopes they'll have a ruling on Boris Johnson's suspension of Parliament by early next week. Judges have heard the third and final day of evidence. The government argues it was routine and is not a matter for the courts. Scottish National Party MP Joanna Cherry is one of those fighting the move. Scotland Supreme Court said it's not the job of the judiciary to politically scrutinise the government. It's the job of Parliament and MPs like myself. But when the government suspends Parliament and prevents Parliament from doing its job, then it is possible for the judges to step in. Meanwhile, the government says it will release details of proposals to update the Brexit deal when it's ready. The EU has confirmed it's received confidential and technical papers, but Boris Johnson's under pressure from Finland to set out the exact detail by the end of the month. A man accused of the murder of PC Andrew Harper has had the charge against him dropped. 20-year-old Jed Foster will be released from custody. Police are appealing for information after a man was threatened with a knife during a robbery at a shop in Wickford. Three teenage boys entered Yosha Confectionery in Alderney Gardens at around 7.10 on Tuesday evening before one of them took a bottle of drink without paying. A member of staff challenged the suspect who re-entered the store before threatening the victim and throwing the bottle towards him. The suspects, who have been described as white teenagers, rode off on bikes towards Hazelmere Road. And home sharing platform Airbnb has announced plans to list on the stock exchange in 2020. Earlier this week, it revealed it made £800 million in revenue in the second quarter of this year. Nearly 25 to 5 here on Gateway. Let's get the sport this afternoon with William Esler. The group stage of the Europa League kicks off for five British sides this evening. Teenage striker Mason Greenwood will start Manchester United's home tie against Asana of Kazakhstan. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer says it shouldn't just be the visitors who will be relishing playing at Old Trafford. It must be the one of the biggest games of their careers, some of these players. And, but I want it to be a memorable one for all our players as well. Arsenal begin their third successive campaign in the competition with a tricky trip to Germany to face last season's semi-finalists in Frankfurt. Wolves are at home to Portuguese side Braga, Celtic are in France to take on Rennes, while Glasgow rivals Rangers are at home to Dutch side Feyenoord. It's set to be an emotional night at Ibrox as Rangers play for the first time since the death of former captain Fernando Rixon. Boss Stephen Gerrard says it's only right that Rixon gets the recognition he deserves after battling motor neuron disease. I'm sure both sets of supporters will pay the respect and we, we, we ask the supporters to get right behind the team because I think it'll be a nice tribute to him if we can put in a good performance and try and get maximum points and I think everyone knows before the ball's kick if that was the case we'd certainly dedicate it to him and his family. A minute's silence will be held before the game. 
Peter Beardsley has been banned from all football and football-related activity for 32 weeks. The punishment was handed out by an independent regulatory commission after the Football Association charged him with three breaches of rules relating to ethnic origin and or race while coach of Newcastle United's under-23 side. The ban will last until the 29th of April next year. Beardsley has also been ordered to complete a face-to-face education course. And the first Rugby League Super League playoff match takes place this evening as Warrington face Castleford. The losers will be eliminated from the competition, while the victors will still need to win two more matches before reaching the grand final. Thanks very much, uh, William. Looking out at the roads just briefly, we've got uh, long queues at the Dartford Tunnel, Kent into Essex. This is following several incidents on the Kent side earlier today, so delays there. Also, the Orsicock, the roadworks, 40 mile an hour speed restriction, causing some delays coming towards us at the Stamford La Hope bypass. Battledon itself looking fine at the moment, and what about the weather? just ahead of a song which I'm going to play from Lee Luscious a local artist this hour and then we're going to chat some more about Lost Basildon let me tell you it's dry and fine with some sunshine out there not bad for September at all it's going to be cold again tonight and the temperature right now if you're in Little Lullaway right there right now it's 19 degrees I'm David Webster. Join me for Sunrise each and every weekday morning here on Gateway 97.8. I'll bring you some fantastic music. My 70s at 7, 80s at 8, 90s at 9. We'll be celebrating our local artists and there's lots more besides. Sunrise with David Webster on Gateway 97.8. Weekdays from 7. Great music and classic hits. Music, news and information. Gateway 97.8. Drive time on Gateway 97.8. Brought to you by Bowers and Pitsy Football Club.
and uh, moving on, one of our many varied and talented local artists playing on Gateway today. And don't forget, if you're local, wanting to get your music heard, we can facilitate that for you. Just send us your MP3 tracks together via email with some biographical details to unsigned at gateway978.com. That's unsigned at gateway978.com. We'll do the rest. 20 minutes away from five o'clock. Gateway 97.8 from the heart of Eastgate. Uh, chatting to Lisa Horner, author of Lost Basil, and also we have Tom King, Roy Davis, and Geraldine Evans all sharing their memories of 70 years of Basildon on the show today. Well, one thing that hasn't disappeared is uh, entertainment, and I guess I ought to mention, because we're a radio station here in Basildon, it did have its own radio station back in the 70s and early 80s, and perhaps Roy remembers this, based in the basement of Brook House, we're talking about Radio Basildon. Yeah, uh, I think it was on cable, if I remember rightly. Yes, and uh, a lot of people I speak to remember it. And also, uh, on the topic of entertainment, we do have our very own Butlin's red coat in the studio. Geraldine, now come on, you're from an entertainment background, and I hear you busting to tell us about what you've done here. Yes, um, originally I was very fortunate to win an Essex County Drama Scholarship, and I studied stage management at RADA. Um, I was going to make my career within the entertainment industry and then all of a sudden, sadly, my mother died and my dad needed me in the pub, so I abandoned my idea of a, co- a career attached to entertainment. That's a shame, it. really, isn't it? Yeah, but it did enable me what I learned. It ab- enabled me to be a really good organiser of events, yeah. to bring razzmatazz um, to bring sparkle and fun to things we did at the barge and one of the things I did is that in my early 20s with a very good friend of mine I started a youth drama group called the Basildon News Players and we did a review of the new town of Basildon and I still remember the words of a song that we'd changed. It was a quite a big hit at the time. They tried to tell us you're too young, too young to really be in love. And you still remember the words of this now today, don't All you? All those years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I try to tell us we're too young, too young to build a real town. They say you have no past, you cannot build to last. You'll make mistakes, there'll be no living down. Yet within our hearts we know that knowledge helps the mind to grow and someday they will find when we've left our youth behind that we have built a real town and there we are about a town that's 70 years old and brilliant well you've really found some inspirational people uh, to uh, talk to and to feature in your your I book Lisa. apart from tom king I, I found these two people aside of me on um basildon on, on different pages on facebook that's how i got to talk to them in the first place so such is the power pages. of the internet these yeah. days isn't it so uh, and obviously getting it all into this wonderful book so projects for the future and I guess what we've got to ask you today uh, is where do you see Basildon going in the next 70 years Tom uh, right, I think it's probably got quite a good future. The great thing about Basel is close to the M25, it's close to London, um, and uh, it's, I mean, it's already uh, a quite, commercial is quite a, a new identity as a, as a sort of computer hub. Um, I, one, of, one of the last stories I did was about high 
uh, high frequency trading, which is basically about the nearer you can get to the city of London with your computers, the quicker you can make a deal. And we're talking about milliseconds. We're talking the difference between two thousandths of a second and three thousandths of a second in making a deal uh, depends actually on the uh, electronic distance of the, the, the cable stretches. So if you're 20 miles uh, from the city of London, you will do a deal quicker than somebody who's 30 miles from the city of London. <laughs> uh, ba Basel is ideally placed with this. It's even the hub for the New York Stock Exchange. Um, and so every um, square inch of uh, a local commercial uh, areas being uh, snapped up, uh, including the old Echo offices um, where I worked, and um, the, the papers actually moved into somewhere a little bit smaller to make, make room for this sort of thing. So it's great, but it's it, in, so in that respect, I think it's huge, probably very healthy. What it's losing is the pioneering um, element that the, the old Basildonians who'd made as we heard in um, Jeremy's wonderful song, uh, have made it. They they were a great breed. They come out, I and mean, some of them even, it started in the Plotlands, um, as you may well know, which is now a museum, a fascinating museum. And it was actually, even before the birth of the Basel uh, um, Development Corporation and the conception of Basel as a new town, they were building a new town. Um, and the, the, these are mostly very enterprising East Enders who were building sort of second homes in the country with the aim of eventually moving out there. And it was nothing for the, you. Uh, some of them would actually strap bits of timber to the back of backs of their bikes, cycle out 30 miles or whatever it was from, from the East End, and uh, so build, build their, 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 their homes, their second homes, on an acre of land at the edge of the town. So the, this great pioneering um, uh, instinct uh, was there uh, as even before 1949 and the birth of the of Basel Newtown officially. So pioneering instinct is something yeah, we'd like to see back. great people, and they, unfortunately, that breed is, is almost extinct now. Roy, where would you like to see Basildon going in the future, in, if you can sum it up in one minute? I, I think the future looking good because we've got this regeneration going on. We've got a cinema and all the new restaurants. We've got a new transport hub and the new college. And I think it's just going to go up and up and up. And the, the kids at the moment will be living in a wonderful, fantastic town in the future. Geraldine, what would you like to see happen here in the future? Basildon will evolve itself. I think it will have a very positive future. There's a lot of very talented young people out there. And I think we have a sunny future in front of us. Basildon will grow and it will change and adapt as it always has done and will do. And I think we're going to have a very successful town. Lisa, the author of Lost Basildon, do you see yourself being a pioneer here in Basildon in the future? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I will say one thing about pioneers. You've created something. I have created a book, but I think pioneers are happening in a different way today. Pioneers are happening online. Hmm. Lots of new things are, people are starting things like businesses online. And, Radio uh, stations. And radio stations. So <laughs> it might not be physically bricks and mortar, but, you know, through the airwaves, we're being pioneers. I'll say that. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. Well, I've got to say a big thanks to you all for coming in. I'm going to say you to Lisa Horner, who is the author of this book, Lost Basildon. Can we, we can we purchase it at all online or online. where do we order it from? Amity Publishing, Amity Publishing Amazon UK. Um, 
You can order it at WH Smith's. It's not actually in there yet, but you can order it and you can pick it up from there. They are taking orders. There's a little bit of a problem there, but um, yeah, online. To, to Geraldine Evans, also keep entertaining. Don't give up your dream. Um, <laughs> Roy Davis, sharing your memories and also to journalist Tom King. Thanks ever so much for joining me on Drive Time today here on Gateway 97.8. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you very much. Drive time with Ross Connors. <laughs> On the lookout for a bargain, perhaps stop off for a light bite. Come to Basildon Market at our market kiosk, St. Martin Square, with over 40 friendly traders offering a wide variety.